to Richard Herring. Square. I love you. Oh, baby. Hello, thanks. Welcome to episode nine of the show that all the women who independent, all the honeys who making money, all the mamas who profit dollars, and all the ladies who truly feel me are calling AI Ottoma. But uh, could I request that you all stop throwing your hands up at me? Uh, I don't really know what to do with all these severed women's hands. I've been getting... I can only wank myself off with a woman's severed hand so many times before the thrill begins to pour. So uh, you'll need those hands as well to maintain your independence and money-making schemes, girls. So hold on to them. And especially to feel me. That's important. I, I like the ladies who truly feel me the best out of all of you. But uh, unfortunately, there are not that many ladies here who want to feel me. Most of our audience are strange men with slightly starey eyes who like to collect knives and don't realise that Doctor Who is a children's programme. <laughs> who want to feel me. Uh, I don't want you to feel me. Leave me alone. If only I could swap fan bases with Tiger Woods. Uh, it'd have turned out a lot better for both of us. He wouldn't have wanted to have sex with any of you. Uh, and the cocktail waitresses wouldn't have been able to find any newspaper willing to buy their sordid stories about me. So it would have been perfect. But this is the internet stand-up and sketch show with only one sound effect that's all about things that have happened to me and my zany friends this week, written and recorded in a day and a half, and then whacked straight out to the world without no editing nor nothing. It's the same technique that Ben Elton uses to write his novels. <laughs> Except we have, the we have the decency to read it through once before we put it out, just to check it isn't complete fucking shit. <laughs> Here's some things that have occurred to me this week. Thursday. AI Ottoma. Thank you. Is featured on Posho BBC2 intellectual programme, The Culture Show. The Culture Show. Yeah, good. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a long night. Uh, I was on the telly. I just, I just want to be on the telly. That's all I want. I was being. I'd even do hole in the wall if I'm that desperate. I, I, I don't care that it'll make me look like I've got a little tiny mouse down my pants. Look like a beach ball. Uh, it could have been a massive publicity coup, except for the fact that for some reason the culture show thought this show was called As Good as It Gets. Uh, how did that happen? Should we name check? Uh, should we? Uh, should we just check the name before we write the caption? It'll only take a second. Second. No, I, I, I remember it. It's got five words. It begins with as. It's got an it in it somewhere. It's got to be as good as it gets, hasn't it? Jesus Christ! How can they confuse this show with the Jack Nicholson film As Good as It Gets? This is completely. That's about a bitter, racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic misanthrope who suffers from obsessive compulsive disorder and annoys and upsets pretty much everyone he meets that's nothing there's no what there's no that's not like that's nothing like me I like some of the Jews <laughs> not the gay ones mind Friday no doubt influenced by AI Ottoma Peter Kay put out tickets for sale for a comedy show he hasn't even written yet uh, unlike this show he sold all 400,000 tickets in three hours if I did this show every week of the year at current sales levels, it would take me 38 and a half years to sell that many seats. And another 19 years if you include the tickets he sold in Manchester. Plus, his tickets cost three and a half times the price of mine, meaning it would take me almost 200 years of weekly gigs to equal his gross ticket sales. There's no joke at the end of this. I, I just wanted to share these depressing statistics with you. 
so you could appreciate how tragic and sad I feel on a daily basis. Still, still, if everyone who goes buys a piece of Peter K merchandise, that's £600,000 to children in need and only another million or so into the bulging, overfull pockets of Peter K. I wish I was dead. <laughs> the only slight consolation is that Peter Kay probably feels as baffled and upset and thinks that the British public must be mostly cretins when he looks at how many people have bought Susan Boyle's album this week. Saturday. I wrote to T-Mobile telling them that if I had unlimited text for life, I wouldn't form a pretend supergroup and fanny around on the top of an open-top bus. <laughs> Mainly because I don't see how having unlimited text would help me do that. Surely I'd need about seven texts and then only be able to contact people who played musical instruments whose numbers I happen to already know. If they're serious about giving out unlimited text for life, then what I would do uh, if I had that is work my way through every single mobile number, starting at 07000000000, then 07000001 right through to 07999999999 and text you are a stupid fucking cunt to everyone in the country. Partly because it would be fun to do that. Partly because it would be free. That's the beauty of it. But mainly because eventually I would chance across the numbers of Jan Moyer, Dick, I beg your pardon, Nick Griffin and everyone who bought tickets for Peter Kay or Susan Moore's new album. As it occurs to me. <laughs> Usually we record this show at 8 pm, but this week uh, TV funny man Stuart Lee took our regular spot at the Leicester Square Theatre. So we started at 9.30, uh, which is, is it's weird for us. It's, it means for the first time we're post-Watershed, which is quite interesting. It's going to be a bit like Hollyoaks after dark. A little, a little bit ruder than normal, a little bit sexier than normal, almost certainly involving the violent death of one of our regular cast. Probably Dan Tetzel in a Wicker Man again, as usual. It was... It was quite a big ask for us to get ruder and sexier and more violent than normal, but we're going to give it a go, because we've got the opportunity. So bearing that, mind, bearing that in mind, will you please welcome our cast, TV's Emma Kennedy, lezzing up with an aborted fetus. <laughs> Dan Tetzel, wearing his grandfather's SS uniform whilst bumming Basil Brush. Yeah, go on, say boom boom now, you little cunt. Oh, yeah. And Christian Riley continuously saying the phrase monkey scrotum. Monkey scrotum, 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 monkey scrotum. Yeah. Monkey scrotum. Pretty racy, I'm sure you will agree. Anyway, what's occurred to you this week, Dan? Well, on Tuesday, I, I found myself at the Leicester Square Theatre. Yeah. <sighs> Judging the uh, sitcom trials, sitcom competition. Yes, As, that's that a right. punishment for someone? I know, no, I, someone had dropped out and we, I was a last-minute replacement. I hate whoever dropped out. Uh, no, no, honestly, it was all very good stuff and I judged it adequately. And, uh, but, and I, and I realise this may about to make me sound sort of elitist and snobby, but uh, on the way out, I was handed a, a thank-you gift. And I went, oh, thank you very much. And it had a little silver... It was obviously a bottle of something and it had a little, you know... Um, gold top on it, foil gold top, not a milk bottle, uh, you know, like, you know, oh, bottle of something fizzy, lovely, and I got out on the street and had a look at it, Sainsbury's Rosé Carver. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Sainsbury's Rosé Carver. Now, if you're running a sitcom competition and you're listening to this and you want to give someone 
a glass of a bottle of Carver to say thank you for. Don't get the ones that are own brand Sainsbury's, and don't get rope. I know this isn't funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm just want to get it out there. In case you're all thinking about it. Yeah, I know you two like Rosé Carver. It's no, no one in their right mind. You've got like. a free present from them, that's not... I know I've turned the audience, I don't care. <laughs> and his granddad was in the SS. Yeah, you're lucky. If my granddad had got that, then there'd have been trouble. Actually, he probably quite liked it. He, he was um, working class. Um, anything occur- anything happened to you, Christy? Uh, yeah, I've just been on the road as usual. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, you know a lot of time in hotels. Uh, in uh, well, I was in Liverpool this weekend, and uh, it gave me time to think about uh, you know life and the universe and everything. And I came up with this idea about love, and I want to share it with you now. I kind of understand things musically, and so I've, I understand love musically. Um, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Uh, when you fall in love. It's like, uh, it's like when you buy a CD. You turn on the radio and there's a new artist. You think, hey, I like the sound of this new artist. I think I'm gonna buy that CD. You get the CD home, now it sounds like this. It's not quite as sweet as I remember it sounding on the radio, but you know, it's still a pretty good CD. Track two comes on, sounds like this. Ah, 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 you reject the CD. <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? That's the worst CD ever. Then it, so you just think, wow, that's it for me for a while now. You know. Then it gets a bit quiet. You turn on the radio again because you're a bit bored. And there's a new artist. You say, hey, I, think the, I like the sound of this new artist. It's completely unlike anything I've heard before in my life. I think I'm going to buy that CD. You get this CD home. Track two sounds like this. Think, oh, fuck, I've been here before. You start scrubbing through the tracks. Track three sounds like this. You're like, oh, it's going right. You want to know what you're in for? You go right to the end, okay? Track 12 sounds like this. Like, all right, they can't all be singles. You know, on any given album, there's going to be a bit of filler. It's a pretty good album on balance. I love this CD. I'm sticking with this CD. Anyway, there's a secret track. <clears throat> Do you want to know what that sounds like? It sounds like this. Ah, 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 you try to eject the CD. Ah, it won't come out. Ah, it's stuck. Ah, ah, that's marriage. Now, I know. I know there's a lot of people, uh, young people who probably download this podcast and in this audience tonight that probably can't relate to buying a CD. <laughs> I understand that. That's exactly good because you're downloading and file sharing and all of that stuff. That's exactly like your love life as well. I'll have a bit from you and a bit from you and a bit from you and eventually you get a virus. I'd say I didn't warn you, young people. I'm glad I'm not the only one having a breakdown on this show. So good. In public, anything happened to you, Emma Kennedy? There was one massive thing that happened to me, which we'll get to in a minute, but, but for the, which, which wasn't particularly funny, so I'll, I'll save that. Um, well, uh, that's building up the well, first Well, that, that is building up, yeah. But um, uh, the, the only sort of slightly funny thing that happened to me is I went to see Oliver. Have you seen it, the musical? Oliver. Oliver, Oliver. exclamation mark. They've never even heard of it, look at Blank, blank. Come on, you must know what Oliver, exclamation mark, the musical is, yes? Right, thank you. Of course we do. And uh, so so I went to see it, and I found, I went went with Miranda Hart off of Miranda. Why, you were, And I found, we found ourselves sitting next to the little boy who is actually going to be the next Oliver. 
And um, he did this thing where he was, he was obviously a bit overexcited because Miranda Hart was, was sitting on the other side of me. But he did that thing, which is quite rude, which is he had this bag of gobstoppers and he really like shoved past me to get to her to offer her a gobstopper. And I thought, oh, that's, that's sweet. And I just sat and waited. Did he offer me one? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I hope Bill Sykes kills him. <laughs> Anyway, the big, the big thing that happened to me this week, which I have to tell you because otherwise we can't do the, the segue into yeah. the next section, right. is that I was sitting at my computer on Friday morning and there was a sudden very large explosion. And I thought, what's that? And I, I went to uh, the, the door into my cellar and I opened it and my boiler had literally like properly exploded and there was smoke coming out the top of it and there was hot water gushing out of the bottom of it. And I did that thing that I think most women do, is you see something catastrophic and you just close the door again. <laughs> and you just think, okay, well, I'm just gonna leave it 10 seconds and then I'll <laughs> open it again and it won't be there this time. But, but I did and it was still, there was still sort of this overwhelming smell of gas. So I had to phone the gas board and they, and they literally went, evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. <laughs> We're, and I was still in my pyjamas. So I ran out of the house and I was in my pyjamas in my street. And bear in mind, my neighbours have now, they've now seen me pooing in a bucket. It's just been endless. you live in a fun house at a, <laughs> a circus or it's something? It's ridiculous. Everything and I thought, breaks and, and the, falls apart. And the awful thing... a clown's house you live in. And the awful thing well, was... The boiler's thought, exploded, smoke's coming out of the top of it. No, and I thought, the awful thing was, I thought, I'm in my pyjamas, maybe I could go round to my neighbours and I remembered it was just the walnut-faced old gonk <laughs> who had shot me to the council for allegedly knocking down chimneys. Like, literally, my life is a mess. Anyway, I was standing in the street and I thought, oh, no. I've left the most precious thing in my life in the house, because bear in mind, I've got a beagle. And I ran in and got my MacBook Pro and then <laughs> ran out again. Just left the dog in there. <laughs> and then she was pretty fine. Save on anyway. some uh, dog food bills, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, it's been, uh, it's been a bad week for household appliances. Oh, that was uh, seamless. Did you notice what? that? It was seamless. Look what happened to me this week. Monday. Tragedy struck just as I was putting the final touches to last week's script. I was professional. It was the worst thing that's happened to me this whole year. Uh, I didn't know it affected my performance. You won't have even known, but it was a proper full-on tragedy. My dishwasher, which has cleaned my dishes for the last seven years, finally irreparably broke down. I, I didn't know I could cope with my loss. Luckily, my friends rallied round. I, just, I can't believe it's finally got... I know, I know. Let it out. Come on, come on. <sighs> I mean, is it definitely broken? Why don't you, you turn it on so we can listen to what sound it makes? <laughs> what? I'm just interested to, you know, to hear what a broken dishwasher might sound like. Spinning around. What are you talking about, Dan? It's broken. It doesn't make any sound weirdo. It's just, it's, uh, it's always been there for me. Ever since I moved into this house, it looked old and knackered then. I always assumed it would go, but... But it's lasted all this time. Yeah, you know, it's had a good knock, Rich. Yeah, it's over a decade old. I mean, dishwasher years, that's over a hundred. Mm. So. And at least it died doing what it enjoyed. Cleaning your dirty, shitty plates. <laughs> I'm heartbroken. I really am. It's awful. There's no way out of this. 
You could always buy a new dishwasher. <gasps> Dan, how oh, could you suggest such right. a thing? Not, no, it's not the time, Dan. It's too soon. Come on. Okay, the wounds are still raw. I mean, maybe in time, Richard will feel ready to get back out Never. there in the market Never. for a new dishwasher. Well, come on, give him, give him time to grieve. Sorry, I don't understand. It is just a dishwasher. Oh, shut up. It's not. It's not just a dishwasher, Dan. It's my dishwasher. It washed my dishes. It meant I never had to wash up. Can I, can I read you a poem? It, it, it might help, that, That's Rich. nice, that'd be nice. Go for go. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I'm not there. I do not sleep. I'm a thousand winds that blow. It's <laughs> emotional. Don't you, don't you break up as well. I'm, it's hot. I'm the diamond glints on snow. I'm the sunlight on ripened grain. I'm the gentle autumn's rain. When you awaken in the morning's hush, I'm the sweet, uplifting rush of quiet birds in circled flight. I'm the soft star that shines at night. <laughs> Do not stand at my grave and cry. <laughs> I am not there. <laughs> I did not die. Well, that's, that's beautiful, that. I mean, you should be in a... You could be in a film or something doing that. It's like, it's like an audition piece, almost. Except, except that instead of Grave, that should really read the skip down the road that belongs to someone else, but which I'll dump me in in the dead of night. That's, uh, apart from that, perfect uh, Sorry, isn't, isn't this just a bit over the top? It's not that big a disaster. It's not... Like your boiler exploded and flooded your whole house. Yeah. That'd be awful. That, <laughs> that would never happen. That, sure. ne that could never happen. Never happen. Because this is—it's just a dishwasher. You don't understand, do you, Dan? My cleaner isn't coming round for three days. You could always wash up by hand. Oh God, no! <laughs> no, it's oh, my Jesus. We just calm oh. it down. Oh. So it was a bit of a crap start to the week. So that's all I'm saying. I mean, no, I'm not. I think I'm overreacting there. Uh, and I promise this is just a crazy coincidence, but uh, on Tuesday, the day after my dishwasher broke down, my girlfriend moved in uh, to live with me in my house. It's just a coincidence. That's, uh, that's the... Uh, wait a cotton-picking moment. Your girlfriend... You've got a girlfriend? Yeah, because I've got a girlfriend. We've been going out for nearly two years now. Um... But what about me, Richard Keith? I mean, I know we have the whole playful badinage thing where we pretend to find each other sexually repugnant, but, you know, I was sure we'd get married one day. <laughs> it's never going to happen, Kennedy. Even if every other human being on Earth was wiped out, apart from us, and the survival of the human race depended on us having sex, yes. I would still rather go off and copulate with a monkey <laughs> in the vain hope of creating a simian-human hybrid. <laughs> and if I did that, the child me and the monkey would have would mm. still look less like a monkey mm. than whatever sp sprung out of your clacker. Mm. <laughs> Right, you, you do know that until the human race is wiped out, there is actually no need for you to have sex with monkeys. You do know that, yes? I have to keep practising, so I'm, I'm well prepared if that nightmare, post-apocalyptic, monkey orgy scenario ever comes to place. So, um, is your girlfriend a monkey? No, she is not, Emma Kennedy. She is a human woman. Though she's presumably blind and deaf with no sense of smell or touch 
And is also a monkey. No! No, Emma, she's a beautiful woman with at least four of the five senses working perfectly. But, but you've never lived with anyone. I mean, I always thought you were like Cliff Richards. How dare you! I might fuck monkeys, but I'm not into the kind of sick stuff he takes. Emma, but I, mean, I thought you were a bachelor boy, and that's the way you'd stay. It's... Oh, right, you mean that. Oh, right. I said, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought I was a bachelor boy, and that's the way I'd stay, yeah, too. You know, I'm 42 did. and a half years old, and I've never lived with someone in my mm. life so this is the first time ever it's a big big moment Tra- tragic isn't it so it was it was quite it was quite a moment when she finally moved in oh rich my love i can't believe we're living together this is the happiest day of my life just, just, we just stop it there, there for a second are you Emma, are you playing my girlfriend as some kind of troll? Is that oh, a troll or something? Oh, oh sorry. Um, is that not No, right? I've told you she's a woman. She's a very attractive human woman. So right, do the, okay. the thing properly. Don't be jealous. Oh, all right, then. Okay. Oh, Rich. I'm so happy about all this, but I, I don't understand. You know, why now? Why this sudden change of heart? Just felt like it was the right time. Mm. Shall, I, shall I show you around our new home? Yeah, but I've... I've been here before. Yeah, I know. Look, here we are in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, have a good look around. It. It's nice, isn't it? Uh, anything you notice different? Uh, no, not really. Not, you um, look a bit closer at the t- over there in that yeah, direction well, over there. Um, the sink seems unusually full of dishes and dirty cups and sort of surrounded by a swarm of flies. Yeah, it is, and it does look a bit. Yeah, it's weird. I hadn't sorted that. Do, oh, yeah. are you? Um, Wanting me to wash up? If, if you only said I can live here because your dishwasher is broken? Of course not. I'm a new man and think that men should take an equal share of the washing up duties. Oh, thank goodness for that then. But you know, it is my house and I own mm. it. I've paid for it. I'm not, I'm not charging you any rent. It's free. So surely it's only fair that you pull your weight a bit, at least until I buy a new dishwasher, which point, you know, you can leave if you like. I don't but, know. Yeah, but, you can go if you want. Yeah, but, you know, maybe there's a more interesting way I can repay your kindness than doing the washing up, Rich. Well, there's quite a lot of dead, wet leaves clogging up the patio. You could have a <laughs> look at that if you want. Okay, you know what? Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Don't give me that. This is just the first step towards you owning this house. This is all for you. All you have to do is marry me, and then even easier, divorce me, and all this house will be yours. So it seems that cleaning a few cups is a small price to pay for you. I know what you're up to, you scheming, house-stealing cow. And I'm more than happy to go along with that, as long as, long as I don't have to do the fucking washing up. My... my my house is the least I can give you for that. This is the most romantic day of my life. Yes, it is. As it occurs to me, does he wash up? He never wash up. Does he clean up? He never cleans up. Does he brush up? It seems unlikely given my previous answers. Do I get the house at the end of this? Yes, of course you do. It's the circle of life. Tuesday. Some amazing news on Tuesday. I got word that, as it occurs to me, has been nominated for the best podcast award at the Loaded Laughters. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I feel conflicted about that (laughs) as well. It's it's kind of brilliant getting nominated for an award, mainly because that never, ever happens to me. But on the other hand, 
I have been nominated by Loaded. Uh, is this actually some kind of veiled insult? Uh, I, if something shit thinks you're funny, does that make you funny or just super shit? I mean, no, no, it could be worse. You know, Nuts could have nominated me for something or a piece of toilet paper smeared in dog excrement could have put me up for an accolade. But no, I shouldn't be churlish about it. You know, this, I've never won a major comedy award and I'd really like to. So I don't know how to feel about being nominated for the Loaded Award. It's like being cock-slapped by Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you'd be thinking it's brilliant you know, that the risen Christ has chosen me out of everyone to be the one that he whips around the head with his semi-erect penis. But at the end of the day, I am still getting slapped in the face with a man's cock. Uh, <laughs> And it's quite painful. It would be, it would be quite humiliating. <laughs> oh, jeez, watch it, Jesus. That was my, that was my eye. I'm sorry, my child. I, I didn't mean to be rough. Well, I didn't say stop it, did I, Jesus? <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought. Go uh... on, hit me. Oh, oh, God, it's so big, Jesus. I, I, oh, I thought the true Messiah would have a humble cock. I, <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Turin shout. There's nothing there, mate. The whole, the whole pelvic region's just a mass of dark nothingness. It looks like Susan Boyle's muff. It was, it now, was very cold in that tomb, and I was dead. Uh, but normally, mate, it's like a baby's arm holding an apple, as you can see. Oh, God, yeah. Yes, uh, when my dad was making it, I was all, uh, you know, come on, mate. A bit more, a bit more. Don't be stingy. Stick a bit more on the end there. Come on. Got a whole big tub of cock plasticine there. Go on, roll me out a proper amount. Uh, then I was all like, hey, Dad, what are you doing touching my cock so much? Yeah? Rolling it around in your almighty hand. I'm going to get social onto you. Yeah? Should have seen his face. Though had you looked upon it, you would have been burned up into a pillar of salt. Yeah, so anyway. Ow! Now turn the other cheek. Okay. There we go. Look, I don't mind you slapping me in the face with your cock, oh Lord. But... What is it, my child? Ow! It's just... You do love me, don't you, Jesus? Uh, I love everyone. No, don't get all Tiger Woods on me. I don't, I don't mind doing this kinky stuff, but only if we're in a committed, exclusive relationship. I, I love you best. That's not good enough. I died for you, that you might have everlasting life. I don't care about that. Why are you always going on about that? Well, it was 2,000 years ago. Oh, what, well, well, what have you done lately? Nothing. Not even the washing up. <laughs> Could have at least magic my dishwasher so it works again. Oh, don't start nagging. I'm nearly there. Tell me you only love me or you... <laughs> Tell me you only love me or you can put that thing back in your oh. loincloth. I don't care who you are or who your dad is, I am not a slag. I love only you. Oh, Jesus, you've made me the happiest man alive. Yeah, take it, bitch. Ow. Oh, yeah. Ow. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, Dad. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, my dad and my virgin mum. Oh, oh. oh. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, it does. Uh... It tastes of, funnily enough, it tastes of, ne it tastes of nectar points and, um, and ambrosia creamed rice. It's all weird. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And, and they're, they're, if I'm honest, they're stinging a little bit. I've, uh, anyway, that was fun. My turn now. Jesus, wank me off with your stigma. Oh, oh, I'm a bit tired, actually. Oh. Well, can we, should we just spoon and cuddle? Oh, I, you, oh I, I'm, I forgot. I, I'm late for an appointment. I've got to go and cure a leper. Sorry. There aren't even any lepers left. Jesus, Jesus Christ, you lied to me. Yeah, and I don't love you either. I don't even like you, you skanky hoe. 
Oh, Jesus. Still, you can't help but love him, can you? Mm. Mm. As it occurs to me, I got cock slapped by Jesus. And I liked it. The taste of his creamed rice dipstick. I got cock slapped by Jesus and I liked it. I hope my girlfriend don't mind it. Cock slapped by Jesus. <laughs> That's, that sketch probably wouldn't have got past Radio 2 compliance. But to, to any Christians listening, I am not for a second saying that Jesus, in reality, would ever cock slap someone. Because it's my sincere personal belief that he has no genitalia, just a smooth groinal area like an action man. That is my belief. Uh, I'm just saying it would be confusing. If he did, wouldn't it? You'd be a bit pleased, wouldn't you? You know you would. You'd be showing off in church about it the next day. Uh, you know, it'd be odd. Uh, anyway, when you listen to something like that, a sketch about me being cock-slapped by a promiscuous and mendacious Christ, it's hard to believe that in my whole comedy career, I've only been... I've only won three awards in that whole time. They were... Award one. The... <laughs> The Kings of Wessex Ex-Pupil of the Year, 1996. That's right. I, in 1996, I received a £20 book token from my old school in Somerset. I'd left 11 years previously as an acknowledgement of my success. Not because I'd been on TV, uh, but because I'd travelled beyond Bristol and not, not fallen off the edge of the world <laughs> or been eaten by a dragon. Award 2. Games Master Golden Joystick. Yeah, that's it. It means more to me than anything else I have. I won that. That's generally, I won it for beating Stuart Lee at a video game during an uneasy and embarrassed appearance on the cult 90s children's programme, Games Master. You can see it on YouTube if you really want to. Uh, I expect that still rankles the Terry Christian face comedian <laughs> as he polishes his Olivier Award and all the baubles he's won for being the best stand-up comedian in the world and counting all his money for selling out the Leicester Square Theatre every night. <laughs> Bad luck, Leo. I am better than you at one specific video game in the opinion of Patrick Moore's giant disembodied heads. Award three. The Daily Telegraph Worst Comedy Experience 2005 Award. That's right. Thank you. Daily Telegraph critic Dominic Cavendish had picked out my stand-up show, Someone Like Shoggart, as the worst thing to have happened in comedy in the previous 12 months. Not, not just on stage or TV, everything, including conversations in pubs, joke, <laughs> jokes told by three-year-old kids, everything. It's amazing. And you have to think about it, that year uh, saw the debuts of both Titty Bang Bang and Balls of Steel. So that was <laughs> quite an achievement. To see just how bad... Someone like yoghurt, it really is. I can't even say it. Someone likes yoghurt, really is. Please head to www.gofasterstripe.com and buy the DVD. It's the perfect Christmas gift for someone you don't really like. I, I do also, as you probably have guessed, have grade five trumpet uh, merit. But those are my only awards. I, I spent my book token, I foolishly, I can't believe this, threw away my golden joystick into a skip when we moved offices. Imagine what that would, imagine what that would have fetched on eBay. Uh, and the Daily Telegraph didn't even cough up a trophy. So the awards cabinet I built in 1989 in a fit of hubris <laughs> is filled with naught but dust. 
20 years of dust and broken dreams. So even though getting an award, an award, from, uh, an award for comedy from Loaded is like getting an award for humanitarianism from Robert Mugabe, <laughs> I really, really want to win. Look, and you know, look who I'm up against. My, I'm def- my podcast is definitely better than Chris Moyles. There's no question about that. I've done a lot more episodes than Lazy Frankie One podcast. That'll do, Boyle. Uh, <laughs> I'm only slightly less funny than Rod Gilbert's and admittedly nowhere near as good as Adam and Joe's, but don't let that put you off. Don't let that stop you voting for me. Make my dream come true. I just want one award before I die, even if it's from Loaded, who if, they, if they're listening to this podcast, it might put them off. <laughs> but anyway, no, it's voted for you. Go to www.loaded.co.uk flash comedy, flash laughters, flash vote, and try and work out their complicated logging in procedure. <laughs> Persevere through it. It's kind of they kind of seem to be reticent to let you get to the voting pages at all. So it might, you know, if we can find a few intelligent people who are patient, we might actually win it just uh, through sheer sheer diligence. So give me a tiny sliver of hope that I might actually win. So it will make my ultimate obvious failure all the more comedically satisfying. My whole career will be ruined if I ever won at anything. Only by continuing to fail can I be a success. As it occurs to me. If he succeeds, then he fails. But if he fails, he succeeds. Which means he fails, which means he succeeds, and on and on into infinity, until God gets bored and marks him down as a fail. No returns. Maybe he shouldn't have done that stuff about Jesus. Oh, well. Wednesday. The good thing about being nominated for an award for best podcast was getting to tell my long-time podcast collaborator, Andrew Collings, about Oh, oh, dear. So here we are again, Richard, up in your attic, about to record another Collins and Herring podcast. Collins and Herring podcast. <laughs> this one hour, six minutes and 36 seconds is the highlight of my week. It makes all... It is all that makes my stupid Northampton life worthwhile. Oh, I'm... Oh, I'm from Northampton, I? All right. I wish, <laughs> wish someone had told me that a few weeks ago. Well, <laughs> oh, well, too late now. <laughs> yes, Andrew, I feel the same, except for the fact that this one hour, six minutes and 36 seconds is the low point of my week. Oh. Apart from that, it's exactly the same experience. <laughs> I love it when you pretend to bully me. But we should really wait till we start recording. Oh, oh, Andrew, before we do that, I've got some good news to tell you. Oh, really? Are you going to ask me to be in the all-new Thryling 3? <laughs> Cold word is licorice. I don't mind if you are the leader. Angus Ashman looks after any money we might earn. I don't want to be anyone. No, I have, no it's I not about that. It's not about listened, that. It's about the Loaded Laughter Podcast Awards. What? I've never won an award in my whole life. Really? Because I've got three, including one from the Daily Telegraph. <gasps> oh, oh, I wish I were you. I know, I know you do. Oh. Uh, how many Collings and Herring podcasts have we done this far? Oh, well, this will be our 93rd. We've been going for nearly two years with barely an acknowledgement for all our hard work. And you know my new podcast? AI Automate, AI Automate, yeah. <laughs> oh, are you going to ask me to appear in the last episode? I just want to be on the episode. Please, please let me be on the last episode. Look, you're, not, you're not Rod Hull, you know, you're Andrew Collins. <laughs> I know. Let me be on the podcast! <laughs> no. <laughs> no, stop doing that with your arm. That will never... 
That will never happen. How many of those uh, has that occurred to me have I done? Oh, well, you've only done eight. You've only been going a, a paltry two months. I know it would be a terribly unfair if that new podcast got nominated for the award and the one we've done for so long together got um, nothing, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be awfully unfair. Well, check on, Andrew <laughs> Collins. You am a twat. Because that, that is exactly what has happened. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, oh dear. Oh. Well done, Richard. I'm very proud of you. I'm thrilled. It is a thrilling result. Don't be like that. I'm attempting to undermine you just before we start recording in some kind of strange attempt to sabotage something I'm also involved in. Like, I'm like some kind of stupid pyrrhus. Well, I, I can't feel bad, Richard. You can't be bitter about other people's success or it'll eat you up like a cancer. It's like I came up with the idea of writing about my childhood and loving 1983 and, re- and remembering things from it. And then Peter Kay came along and made millions of pounds out of doing the same thing, except saying it in a funny northern accent. Sorry, a funny northern accent. No. Um, you know, and I thought, good luck to him. Stop being so reasonable. Well, the way I see it is life is like a roulette wheel. You throw in your ball, you throw in your ball, and then the roulette wheel is spinning. Throw in, throw in the ball. Throw, throw in the ball. <laughs> throw in the ball. No, Collins, only I get to use the roulette wheel sound effect. Ah. And this is show nine of the series. You can't use, at this point, you can't use the roulette wheel sound effect to represent the roulette wheel. That would be ridiculous. Ah. We have to take it to surreal and fanciful ah. heights so it represents something it doesn't even sound like. Look, look out the window, Andrew. Ah. That fat pigeon that's always coming around, look, it's flying in to land. Look, there, look, you can hear its, hear its wings. There's his wings beating up and down. It's landing on the branch. Can you hear that? Now, if you close your eyes, there's the unmistakable sound of him feeding worms to his children. There's one worm jiggling in. and Oh, no, listen, a hawk has swooped down. It's tearing the pigeon apart. Listen to his familiar pigeon shriek of death. That was it there. Just at the end. That's how, that's how you have to use a running gag at this late stage of the oh, series. No, well, you are a comedy genius. That is right. And you deserve your award nomination. Thank you. Though, of course, Frankie Boyle will win. That's not... He's only done one podcast. That's so unfair. Ah, you are Frankie Boyle's Andrew Collings. (laughs) We all have an Andrew Collings. (laughs) But who is your Andrew Collings, Andrew Collings? I don't have an Andrew Collings. (laughs) I am at the bottom of the pile. A whipping boy. There's no one to whip. (laughs) Just let me be on the podcast! No, I Uh, never do that! uh, it's me, Susan Boyle. Don't you dare call me mental. I'll stab you in the eye with a knitting needle. I haven't really got anything to say to any of you, but my appearance last week seemed to go down so well that we might as well trust out the same basic thing again this time round. Because if anyone knows about giving the public what they want without any regard for actual worth or artistic merit, then it's me, Subo. Okay, the peas coming out on my face. Don't you dare call me mental. So, anyway, I thought I'd pop by and show you my clack-a-lack-a-dack-dack. Look at it! If any man ever tried to give me oral sex, he'd end up being mistaken for a Buckingham Palace guard wearing all the bearskin helmets in the guard room. But no one has ever given me oral sex. Don't patronise me! Stop looking up the minge, you pervert! I'll fucking kill the lot of you! Thanks for buying my album. 
Gdzie Szczepan Szczepan? Szczepan Szczepan? Szczepan Szczepan? Szczepan Galabolkant! That was really her. Talking of mentally ill people... I'm not mental! It's time to interact with our audience. Uh, to risk death and rape in that order. Uh, by going down to this crowd of misfits and people who couldn't get tickets to see Stuart Lee and thought this might be inappropriate. I apologise if you, that was you. To find out what's occurred to them this week, who's got a, anyone got a story from this week? Hands up if you've got a story. Anyone? No one, nothing. Oh, there's someone at the back there. Hello, sir. What happened to you this week? Did Dan, do you ever find a copy of I Don't Smoke by I DJ D. I find a copy of uh, I Don't Smoke to Reefer. Oh, cool. um, I brought this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I should explain. Dan um, Tetzel got a fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Could it's a vinyl done, copy. Could you have not done this after the, the podcast? <laughs> It's a, <laughs> I should explain, it's a, oh my, that's extraordinary. What's your name, sir? Uh, Nick. Nick there Nick, is giving I you... must exchange, I'll give you some money or some, actually no, no it was rubbish. I'll give you something better than money. <laughs> oh, that's extraordinary. This is a, a record that I this believe is a vinyl, Dan Tetzel uh, mentioned um, on a, a previous It's a novelty one. garage record that, uh, <laughs> that sampled a, a garage, that's right. <laughs> it's got the drum and the bass. And... Uh, it sampled a, a sketch I wrote, and so we, I, got, I got a writing credit on a number 11 hit. Thank you very much. And now you've got a copy. You must oh, feel like J.R. Hartley now today. Thank you very much. What's your name again? Sorry? Do you have Nick, I Don't... Come say I Don't Smoke... Do you have a copy of I Don't Smoke? Who is it by? By DJ <laughs> Decline. Oh, that's extraordinary. Good. Has anyone had something that's happened to them rather than trying to get off with Dan Tetzel? Through the use. It'll do it as well, Nick. You've heard he's wonderful. Oh my God. Oh, that's crazy. No, he's got a bit weird now. As, as, as they always do. Anyone, anyone else got anything to say? Just we can move on. We've got, we've got plenty of material. We don't need you. Everyone's, well, there's a gentleman there with a beard. What's, what's, what's happened to you, sir? Uh, it didn't necessarily happen to me, but my friend Rob had the wank at the beach. Your friend, your friend Rob. Do you want to give his full name? Rob what? Rob? Rob Cowlin. He had a wank at the beach. That is um, that's something that's occurred. So keep your plimsolls on if you're at the beach this week, just just in case. Uh, which beach is it? If anyone's desperate for sperm, some people are. It's hard to fill those. Uh, yes, that's not the Isle of Wight. Yeah, good. Um, that narrows it down a little bit. One more. If there's one more, here we go. You're at the front. That's good. What's what? You saw Stuart Lee about an hour ago. I was going to ask about this. How, how uh, I thought this might happen. How, how did his ramshackle show compare to this highly honed piece of comedy? Did you enjoy it, Stuart Lee? Yeah, right. It was one of the funniest things I've seen tonight. It, it was one of the funniest things. Uh, it was one of the funniest things I've seen tonight. Is the review? Yeah, you have. Would you like to have sex with me, lady? <laughs> you can do that. That's the punishment. That is. That is. That's your punishment for your cheek. <laughs> There'll be more about Stuart Lee later, no doubt. Uh, okay, what is that, what, anything else happened to you, Emma Kennedy? Uh, well, you know the loaded thing? I do, yeah, I'm hoping we'll win well, that. Well, yeah. don't get your hopes up because something happened this week on Twitter <laughs> that might affect you getting that prize. <laughs> 
And <laughs> basically, after you put up your tweet saying yeah. you'd been nominated, I, I went and voted for you. Think, actually thinking it was the Andrew um, and Collings, I thought it was it the Herring and Collings podcast. It was this one. It, and I, then I realised after I'd voted, I'd voted for myself. Anyway, I, I, I went through, because it's so complicated, the loaded voting system, I don't know if ever you've done it, you sort of get, get sort of trapped in this vortex of voting. And I got to the Twitter nominations, and they were the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen. It was literally like somebody at Loaded had just gone, who's off the telly and on Twitter? Philip Schofield is apparently one of the funniest Twitterers in Twitterland. He's like, what the fuck is that about? And so I put a tweet up saying, sh- these nominations are shit, they're rubbish. And <laughs> thought no more about it. Then I got loads of tweets back. Uh, thought no more about it. Anyway, the next day, Richard, I'm very sorry to have to tell you that a journalist from Loaded <laughs> got in touch with me on Twitter and sort of took great umbrage with the fact that I'd slightly said that their magazine was a bit shit <laughs> <laughs> and that their taste was rubbish. And I sort of engaged in a rather lengthy argument with him on Twitter, at the, at the end of which my big sting to him, because he, he had this big thing of like, oh, well, like, like we'll, we'll just leave it, yeah, Emma Kennedy, because you, you're never going to want to be nominated by Loaded for anything or turn up. And then, of course, I had the zinger of, <laughs> well, technically... Uh, I'm up for one now uh, and I, I may well be turning up to your award ceremony at which point he said to me sort of over my dead body will you win that award and I'm now going to send an email uh, outlining your thoughts on, on Loaded magazine and our award ceremony to number one the organiser number two your good self Richard wow. Herring he hasn't emailed me yet he hasn't done that yet number three <laughs> The table planner. <laughs> and number four, the editor. So he's gone right to the top yeah. of this. Well, if they've heard this podcast, we're fucked anyway, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I think numbers one, three, and four are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry if I've mucked up your dream. And number two. How do you, how do you think we got nominated? I, I, I actually run loaded. I'm like a Cylon. <laughs> Come in here. I'm a skin, skin, human skin. Oh, shut up. What's happened to you? Uh, Dan, really, late, uh, I also had a, we have a leak problem. Uh, we were trying to sort out with the council, and they said, uh, oh, we sent someone round, and that you said it, you met him, and you said it was all right. And we thought, oh, did we? And we surely <laughs> we'd remember that. And the thing that gives it away is that we would definitely remember it, is because the man's name, and it, it, it was Mr. On a Banjo. <laughs> Mr. Sunday On a Banjo. <laughs> I'd remember meeting him. I'd... So we've written back. <laughs> uh, the other thing that interested me this week, I was watching the... You know Marks and Spencer's got into trouble because they, uh, they had Gene Hunt saying, oh, I like that bird dancing around in knickers, and everyone was... Everyone got angry because they were being sexist. But it's good to see that Marks and Spencer's uh, are following the AI Ottoma... <laughs> the way I whispered that. <laughs> like a kind of Andrew Collins. I have our handbook. A few weeks ago we said, you know, if people complain about stuff, you should get more offensive. And I don't know if you've seen the second advert, but it's got Joanna Lumley and, uh, and uh, the one-off of French and Saunders. Saunders. Jennifer Saunders, that's her. Uh, and the, when the, da- the girls dancing around, the black girls dancing around in her, in her pants, they... they they say uh, chocolate niggers. I don't know if you've seen it. So that's a little warning. Look out for it. She danced around and they go chocolate niggers. Which, you know, it's bad enough. 
put chocolate on the front is just adding insult to injury. And he's tautologist, I would say. <laughs> so, it's a racist tautology. So look out for that, do complain. I hope there are people from the Daily Mail saw that. I can't believe they did that on an advert. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> as it occurs to me, as acronym convention is to miss out the tiny words, shouldn't AI Automa? Shouldn't AI Automa? Shouldn't AI Automa? Become merely. Oh. It's a good point. That uh, sting was written by listener Mark Webster. Uh, the evil hegemony of the iTunes one-star reviewers is over, my friends. Sunday. And uh, another ridiculous journalist-generated non-controversy break. Some contestants in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here uh, apparently caught and skinned and ate a rat to compensate for their meagre food rations. But the Australian RSPCA are now threatening them with legal action for cruelty to animals. To defend this insane decision, will you please welcome representative of the Australian RSPCA, Janet Coleman. Hello, Rich, mate. Uh, thanks for having me over and paying my plane fare and all that to get here. Oh, sorry, we, yeah, we're not, we don't really have any money. We, we weren't paying your, paying your airfare. I should probably have mentioned that in oh, the email, sorry. It's true, that's a bit shit house of you. That's right, that's how an Australian talks. Uh, <laughs> Janet, don't you think that this whole rat Ferrari is a bit ironic, given that I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. The whole show just revolves around the murder of thousands of insects and the castration of marsupials. Well, yeah, but you see, when Jimmy White is eating a koala cock or Jordan is putting spiders in a clacker, then there's a representative of the Australian RSPCA on hand to check that there's no unnecessary cruelty. Really, it all seems pretty unnecessary, <laughs> random and cruel to me. But it's okay, because I'm there watching it and noting it down, but doing nothing to stop it. You see, that's the crucial thing. But on the day that that bloke, whoever he was, and that other one from Hollyoaks ate the rat, there was no one from the RSPCA there to look at the cruelty, so that is illegal. So, as long as the RSPCA know in advance that there's going to be some animal cruelty and are there to witness any murders of animals that might happen, that's okay. Because they did the same thing without you being there to see it, they face a prison sentence of up to three years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you understand perfectly. They killed a rat for entertainment purposes. That's three years in jail, mate. Surely, they, they killed a rat because they were hungry, didn't they? I mean, you'd have to be pretty desperate to want to eat a fucking rat. I don't think they bought, thought they were entertaining anyone, least of all themselves. They killed a rat. I mean, one of the most beloved creatures on Earth, and I don't think there's a human being who wouldn't be appalled by their actions. Well, I, I think there is, and I'm appalled that a TV programme exists that can be so cruel to human beings that they make them eat insects and wank off arachnids and starve them until they consider eating vermin. Don't, don't you think that, that you're going about after the wrong people here? They killed a rat! I know everyone else in the world who's killed a rat has been applauded for doing that. No one likes rats. They're rats! Maybe if you like animals so much, you should be trying to stop the television programme taking place at all, rather than just stand by and watch as the animals you claim to like are munched to death by celebrities who aren't even famous. If the bloke who did this should be prosecuted for anything, it's for winning a show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, when no one in the world has actually even heard of him before. I'm going to strangle this dog for entertainment purposes now. 
Now, is that okay with you? As long as I'm here to observe and document the slaughter, then that is fine. Good. <laughs> as it occurs to me, do you come from a land that treats rats better than it treats its indigenous people? That's, um... That's Sting, courtesy of Twittering listener Gavin Barber. Thanks for that. So if any of my beloved Aussie listeners were offended by that Sting, then blame him, not me. He's easy to find on Twitter. His name's Gavin Barber. Personally, Australia, I find your racism delightful. Uh, And alas, that is Christian's last Sting of the series, because he has a proper paid gig with money and stuff next week. So he won't be able to make the end of the series party last episode. It's awful. Yeah, so, sorry about that. I've got, I've got to eat. I've got you to are eat. nothing if not a sellout, Christ. <laughs> Only unpaid work has any artistic merit. That's, <laughs> That's all very well. I've got a young baby and he needs food and clothes, so sorry. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Oh. Wherefore... <laughs> Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today it is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, don't think I haven't tried that exact argument on my wife, but she insists I go out and work. Yeah, you know, you and Jesus... Might eat grass out of the oven, Richard Keith, but the rest of us need proper sustenance. Listen, nice, oven grass is nice. Well, you say that, but I've laid around on my ass watching Battlestar Galactica all this week, and the washing up still got done somehow. So I don't. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. I believe in you. You're great. You know, being slapped in the face with Jesus's cock until he ejaculates into my eyes <laughs> has made me realise that the years of atheism I've, I've gone through were, were wrong. He came in my face. Now I'm a believer. But I. <laughs> I hope you Christians listened to what Jesus was saying there, because it was fucking mental. And I hope you follow that, you idiots. Still, next week in our final show, we'll be celebrating Jesus' birth. Please come along and see the live show if you can. Tickets are already selling pretty well for that one, so book ahead if you want to join in the end-of-term party. Uh, that's the end of show nine. Only one more to go, and I'm free. Free! Went all right, in the end? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Was right. oh, oh, by the way, you know last week you said... There's going to be a smackdown between you and Stuart Lynn. That's right, yeah. And uh, I think I remember you promised you'd be victorious. Yeah, so well, I'm I just curious. Um, who won? won? Well, I think we've already heard the guy who said I was the best in the audience. But <laughs> yeah, well, well top two. Well, if it look if it. If it comes to selling tickets, slash making money, slash selling out, mm. then yeah, Stuart Lee won that little battle. Right. But if it comes to providing cutting edge, exciting, raw comedy that challenges its audience... Was that also Stuart Lee? Yeah, that was... That, was, <laughs> that is him. But when it comes to doing the best routine ever, incorporating the word clack a lack a dack dack Oh, that, that's Stuart again, because yeah. he does 45 minutes on that, using, using only the word clack a lack a dack dack said over <laughs> and over again in, oh, in different that. volumes and intonations, making it transcend from mere comedy to poetry and art. That's all very well, but does Stuart Lee have his own internet sketch show that he puts together for free and makes no money out of and which spends about 20% of his time referencing stuff that he did 10 to 15 years ago when he was on 
TV that no one apart from him actually remembers. No. No, no, he doesn't. No. no. So I think we all know who's won that little smackdown. <laughs> anyway, I only fail. If I fail, I succeed. That's what, so. So I've succeeded, which means I've failed. So, and so on. Anyway, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Never forget that. That's what I said. Um, I'm not saying I'm Jesus. That's for other people to say. <laughs> Anyway, it's nice to end for once without someone being burned to death or turning into a ghost or that other bollocks. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm really pleased. I just can't believe we managed to get through a whole show without once saying pumpkins. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Thanks very much for coming. Bye. As it occurs to me, it was written and performed by Richard Herring, me, Dan Central, TV's Emma Kennedy, Christian Bryony, with additional material from St. Matthew. It was produced by Ben Walker, with thanks to Damon Coldwell, Ben Francis, Kelly and Phil, Alice Russell, Rob Tedbeer, and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. A special thanks should go to Orange Mark and everyone at the Mod B, and the British Comedy Guy. Orange Mark! It's an Avalon... I don't know why I'm saying that again. It's an Avalon and Sky Potato production, and all the people mentioned above are definitely going to hell. Some things even Jesus won't forgive. Thanks, W. See you next week.